Hi, welcome to Rugby Uncovered. I'm Tom Nash. This week, we're talking to Darren Lehman, the Sales Sharks Head of Women's Rugby. Darren, thanks very much for joining Rugby Uncovered. It's a pleasure to have you on. Thanks, mate. Your title, your job title at Sale is Head of Women's Rugby. Now, to me, that says that you oversee all females who play the game at the club. Uh, yeah, so it'll be heading up the programme. So um, heavily heavily the organisational part and the liaison with the RFU and obviously the recruitment and retention and um, of the players. But um, part of the role will be hands-on coaching as well alongside um, a few assistant coaches. So pretty fulfilled role, but pretty excited about it. Yeah, we're a busy guy, yeah. Um, there hasn't been a women's team at Sale for, for that long, has there? You, you've made progress incredibly quickly in a part of the country where... Football is traditionally the biggest draw. I think it might be common knowledge. About four years ago, we applied for the place in the uh, in the Premier 15s and uh, didn't quite get it over the line that time. So as a repercussion from that, one of the local amateur sides, um, Sale FC, um, they created Sale 1861 women's side, which have, um, which have gone and done brilliant in the last three years. But they were still affiliated to Sale FC. So it's still been a bit of a burning desire for the for the Sharks as such to, to have the um, to have the athletes to have the women's performance side and uh, yeah really happy that we got it in April this year yeah, that's brilliant you you touched on it just now you oversee the Centre of Excellence programme in collaboration with England Rugby how does that work? so yeah each Premier 15 side will have will be linked with the Centre of Excellence which works alongside the CB so heavily influenced by Cheshire and Lancashire with ourselves and the RFU the, uh, the quality RFU like performance pathway team will will be part of that as well. But we just kind of ho- overlook it in terms of facilities and a coaching curriculum. And obviously, we'll be giving this as as, as year one, um, along with the Sale Sharks um, women's side. So pretty excited about how that can become a pathway um, for young aspiring Northwest talent to to kind of stay in the area, whether that's work, apprenticeships, university, with the ultimate goal of of putting on the Sale Sharks women's jersey in the, in the next few years. That's brilliant. You, you've worked with Sale Sharks through various avenues that the club's community trust as rugby development manager, academy coach, development officer. You've worked with North of England women. You've worked with Malta women's sevens. Um, you, made, you made a decision, I guess, fairly early on that the women's game was going to be your focus. Yeah, there's just some great opportunities, really. And... Um, in the coaching world, and, and especially sales sharks, we'll always kind of look in house. So there is there is a pathway for coaches. Like I said, I started in a as a community coach working in rugby development, and that led to a role within the academy. And um, it's one of the, if not one of the best academies in in the country, really. That's aspiring to be world class. So loads of kind of opportunities came that way uh, for me to develop as a coach. I was pretty influential in um, in terms of just putting together a little bit of a, a team and an angle to uh, deliver to the RFU to get our place in the uh, the Premier 15s competition. Once the owners and certain personnel kind of saw, I had a little bit of a passion ignited for that and believed in it and wanted it and could see it happening. They kind of thought, right, if, if successful, then the role will kind of come for me to head it up. My passion in women's rugby really came from... Um, Fortunately, my playing days, I had a bit of an injury mid-20s, which I was pretty average of them, being honest with you, as a player anyway. But uh, mm-hmm. 
I couldn't really get it over the line where my playing kind of career was, was going and wanted to be due to injuries. So um, the opportunity came to coach. And um, yeah, mid-20s, um, looking back, it was probably a bit harder than I first thought. But I really wanted a point of difference in my coaching that would make me unique for the future. So hopefully the, the looks of the Sales Sharks Academy and, and the community and the club itself would consider me. Because there's some great coaches out there and you just need to work hard and do the, the dogged hours and, and time. My point of difference came as um, an ex-coach of mine uh, worked for the, which was, it's World Rugby, but was the IRB mm. and gave me a year to go away and work in Malta and, and Sicily and, and travel a little bit and, and head up a bit of a, a rugby development programme for them. Part of that role was to oversee the, the women's national and sevens and um, kind of programme and opportunity. And that's, that ignited it really, a real good way of coaching. Love the way they require the knowledge they feel like they're owed it because a lot of female players start the game a bit later mm. so uh, the attention to detail is is brill and the planning side of it came back from that year year and a half away and then took on some north north england divisional stuff which is being a northern lad and working with northern girls and, and stuff was, was great so that's how it kind of came about oh fantastic and a beautiful country as well to spend a year in them sale spent a while trying to create a women's team um, from the start, has it been a case of trying to having to sell rugby to talented girls over sports like football and netball and lacrosse? Or yeah, I mean, um, again, rugby rugby's big and it's, it's getting bigger and stuff. And obviously, with the success of the first team doing so well, then it's reached out to more more demographics. Let's play. Mm. You kind of a lot of people aren't familiar. And excuse me if you are, but where where our training base is based in Manchester, it's not only the football which does phenomenally well with the with our neighbours, as we say, mm. um, and their pathways in early, the individual stuff around the cycling, the athletics. But I remember we could put a 40-mile radar or radius around us, and you look at some of the rugby league women's sides that are there, mm. with St. Helens and Wigan and Warrington and Salford and Castleford and, and Leeds and stuff. So it's pretty important that once we got it and we, we got this place, but... Now it's using the centre of excellence and, and again, there's talent everywhere in the northwest of England, as there is in England, but it's about the opportunity. And now with the Sales Sharks women being part of it for three years, linking in with the centre of excellence and the, the quality work England rugby doing the CBs, the opportunity is going to be there now and managed with personnel. So if you're a young girl, 15, 16, 17, there'll be an opportunity for you to come and train with Sales Sharks women in their environment, not with the squad, but at our training base with new facilities. And I think that'll spur on some um, the growth of the game as well, which is just as important. So rugby league is, is effectively your direct competitor where you are? Uh, yeah, I'd say it's this with the teams, there's quite a lot of women athletes that are playing rugby league, especially the last 18 months with their World Cup being, being next year. So a lot of people have, and a lot of women do dual code as well. They'll play the rugby union in the winter then they'll be registered at a rugby league team in the summer. But hopefully with with a little bit more, um, and I, I kind of promote that for skill development and, and whatever and wherever you kind of see yourself. But hopefully uh, if we can have a successful squad at Sales Sharks, we're going to be competitive. Um, then hopefully people will aspire to play for us, which means they'll have to play for a rugby union women's side in the championship or or lower down levels to aspire to play for, for sales charts, which will hopefully backfill the um, the squads of teams in the championship or lower lower down. Sure, yeah. You've been 
as busy as any club in the um, so-called transfer market with Mary Greve, Molly Kelly, Katie Daly, McLean, Laura Perrin, Vicky Irwin, all joining the club in, in the last few months. How, how does how does that work? Do you tell the club's owners who you want? Or yeah, I mean, um, it's probably heavily influenced by myself in terms of um, unfortunately in today's times with, with lockdown and stuff, watching a lot of footage mm. um, over the last year, last season until it was ended in the year before, knowing a few of the girls just from watching, observing anyway, and then seeing where they kind of want to go themselves. So it's really important that the some of the girls you just kind of mentioned there are, are, are pretty excited about the opportunity to be in a performance environment and just to create a little bit of history. So we haven't got the history of these 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 top, top women's teams that are there, the Waterloos and Richmond's and, and Litchfield's of this world and, and the stuff that all the other current TP sides are doing over the last three years and creating their history. We want a group of players that, one, want to play for the club and want to represent the North or North West and be part of it. So when these future girls who are 15 years old, let's say, in five, six years, they'll go, I want to be part of that Sharks. I want to be like Katie or Molly or Laura or Vicky mm. and stuff. But yeah, to answer your question, it's kind of, it's been myself and then uh, Katie, who's come on as a player coach, has a bit of, had a bit of influence. She's been good. Her role off field so far has been outstanding. Little nuggets of information and stuff that will, will drive the performance. But yeah, we've, we've signed those players now in terms of, they're the ones I believe that when we're up and running and, and the squad's training, that they will, they've got a bit between the teeth. They've got a, a point to prove. Again, they want to play for the Sharks. They've been in performance environments already, whether that's Wales, England, Scotland. They've played in the league already. So they'll have an expectation there. All that together and a couple of more signings will be announced in the, in the next week or two. Another group of, of athletes that will drive the training. So this local talent that will be part of the squad will aspire and have hands-on in the moment experience of that's where top women athletic rugby is. So that's probably the driver behind the signings. Brilliant. And Katie Daly McLean will start the new season as player coach. Yeah, and really I've loads of chats with Katie. She's um the Northern girl, she she fits pretty pretty well into the the Northern way at this club a little bit in your face, hard edge, and that's we want our playing style to to be like that, and we want people to come up to the North and get a game. And yeah, it's um, it's player coach, but let's say the players in capital letters and the coaches in brackets, lower letters. So it's a big year for Katie. She's um, she's going to drive the training and, and everything with it being World Cup year. But Katie's kind of coaching role will be. Um, with with us in the analysis in the team and having a look at, at previewing some fixtures, um, she'll be tasked with keeping a close eye on this these local northwest girls and where where their development areas are. Obviously, a scouting kind of scouting avenue will be part of that for the you know with the future in mind of the next two, three, four, five, six years, hopefully. But yeah, heavily she'll be um, she'll be heavily the player first and then coach coach second if that makes sense. Mm, yeah, sure. We've um, Red Burn Cover's been interviewing players and coaches from from all ten teams in the in the Premier Fifteens, and there's been a lot of references to uh, the sharing of resources and personnel, the, the seamlessness, if you like, between the men's and the women's squads at Sale. Do you, do you think this is the future for all clubs who want to attract women to the game? Yeah, I think um, I think if it's done right, I think um, we're pretty 
the director, rugby and owners, again, as I've mentioned, are pretty proud of, um, will look in-house first. So if there is a coach that aspires to coach in the, in the Premier 15s, um, we'll look in-house and see the opportunities there. Same with strength and conditioning or, or nutritionists or, or anyone. Um, I think where it's kind of going, there will be a little bit more mirroring or, or women's performance sides bolting on. So, like, for example, me and Katie will be sitting in coaches' meetings, uh, which is pretty important. So, playing philosophies are aligned and um, making sure that the athletic development of players is, is aligned and, um, obviously, women's game at the heart of it and how, how they athletically develop um, with the knowledge of strength and conditioning coach and how that's done with certain timings of when they train per per week. But yeah, I definitely see it as part of the future. I see it as part of um, a big marketing opportunity um, to how they can combine. So the first team men's, can the women's emulate it? Um, the game, the women's game might not be a professional as of yet, but we'll definitely be acting like it. So some kind of fun rituals or a little bit of culture elements that the men's sides do and We've all heard of them in the past. Um, can the mirrors, women's side mirror that? So hopefully some answers in there for you. The, the, the quality that Paul and I have seen since September has been incredible. It's, it's, like, it's like a professional sport already. Obviously it isn't yet, but it's um, it's well on the way to that. Yeah, and um, and why can't it? Like I said, it, it might not be there in in bold writing as of yet, but that does not mean that you can't act like it. So that'll be a big driver for, for what we're doing. And again, the, we're pretty excited in terms of, um, we're all under one roof at the Sail Sharks. So the, the men's first team, uh, obviously the academy and now the women's performance side are all under one roof. So once that gets into a rhythm again, of uh, we call it kind of the rugby rhythm, you nick the best bits off the other team. We'll nick what works with the first team regarding cultural performance or we'll nick it off the academy or hopefully they'll look to us. And when you've got the people like Katie in your environment and, and Molly and a couple of other girls that will be joining and, and stuff, they might nick some stuff off the, the women's side. You never know. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, so the, the women's game, this is my opinion, is, is, is better placed in a way than the men's with, with a September return for the, the new season being the current proposal, rather than a July resumption of the current season. Um, it, it strikes me that professionalism apart, that preparation time you've got between now and the start of the new season, whenever that might be, is is, is advantageous. All being well, if it, if it is to start in, in September, then with the way it's looking, I don't want to put words in, in anyone's mouth or anyone to take this, but no. um, the, the athletes will, will have to have seven to eight weeks of conditioning. And and I mean, it's in the best way in terms of you, a lot of people have done stuff individually and remote, but nothing drives on athletic development and performance than with your peers, with a competitive edge. And I think that most most athletes would probably have, have probably dipped down from where they probably wanted to be personally. So that kind of time, which is probably pretty lucky for the, for the Premier 15s and, and every club, They'll have their own kind of plans. It's definitely in our thinking of how how we utilise that around practice design and linking with all all staff to to get up and running as, as soon as we can, really. Yeah. I, I was going to ask you whether you thought that the growth and the emergence of the women's game might play a part in in some quite significant changes in the laws of rugby, but the, but the changes being imposed by COVID-19 on the way the game is played have been 
instant. What are your thoughts on, for example, free kicks replacing scrum resets? Uh, yeah, I think um, I think fair fair play to him. The a lot of people don't like change. I think rugby coaches that will be listening will probably back me here. It's, it's you spend each kind of year with the, abiding to law changes and getting your head around it. Mm. I think what they have done around the malls and and stuff, and specifically the um, the play of the ball at the rook going from five seconds to three seconds will just be of a massive benefit in terms of it's not too big for you to get your head around. It's pretty simple. Um, people kind of coach ahead of the game anyway. So, um, yeah, I'm not too sure if, if the mauling element would be practice design around rooks. They'll be concentrated on rook speeds quite high in training with adaptive skill games. So I think the training stuff will, will match it. My thoughts are whatever works. These are the professionals. And, and, and at the end of the day, if they, they see it and they, they've had their panel and this is what it is, then the, the quicker they can get that information out to coaching staff, then we can we can do our practice design around it, really. But full full credit for them to be really proactive. I mean, it's, it's not June yet and, and there's already some some light at the end of the game being really close to the game we love and know and mm. not too big a changes. So, so full credit. And, and, and tackling is going to have to be practised even more precisely, isn't it? This and the proposed reset changes have, have to make the game quicker, more entertaining, even if it will resemble uh, rugby league slightly more than before. Yeah, yeah, as long as, uh, again, I mean, if that's, if if it's clear on, and this is what it is, then um, it just reiterates that point in terms of, we'll need a bit of time with the players to maybe get that, that conditioning right, and then letting the experts, this is how you get a body even lower at this pace, this tackling this hard and this new way and then the coaches can have some fun around how how ball movement will be quicker and better anyway but but yeah no, it's pretty it'll be it'll be pretty good to be fair it'll be pretty good we, we don't want to underestimate these, these players and, and what's in their brains they, they'll adapt and get used to it and like most things you, you'll just get over it so sure okay Darren thanks so much it's been fascinating thanks very much take Cheers, care thanks. you've been listening to Rugby Uncovered Thanks for joining us. We look forward to your company next time.